Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 284. That's 284. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sanitsky. Hello. Hi, that's me. How are you doing today? <sighs> Tired. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell by walking in the door, I'm like, I don't want to be in the middle of uh, Job the, X, but here yeah. you go, I'm in the middle of Job X. So, so like... <laughs> There might not be an episode next week. We might have to take a break. We're playing by ear just because I have a combination bridal shower, wedding shower thing, which took way too long to explain to Eric, and I will not explain to you. Correct. Uh, It is just for members of the bridal and groom's parties. Um, But anyway, uh, I had to do, I've, I've been dealing with. That helping Jan with that, which for sounds like easy. The last week, yeah. Right? Um, and then on Thursday, I totally forgot that my friend Josh had got me tickets to the world's smallest K-pop concert I've ever been to. Is that what it's called, or was it just no? A very it's a band small called K-pop? it's a band called Pixie, and they fucking smack. Okay, but um, it they like they just debuted in 2021. Okay, and they're like. Their biggest hit is like 22 on the K-pop charts in Korea. But That's pretty, pretty big, significant. But they don't have much crossover here. Okay. So it's like the equivalent of... It, uh, and they were playing at the Amsterdam. And it was like seeing the Spice Girls play the Amsterdam. It was really good. Hmm. I actually don't know what the Amsterdam is. It's a very, very, very small bar. I'm not exaggerating. Your garage is bigger than the event space. Oh. Like the entire area for the crowd is about the size of the mezzanine <laughs> up here. How sweaty was it in there? So this is the thing. Um, <laughs> this is a good start. <laughs> the crowd was very interesting because okay. there there were two like token metalhead people, not myself included, because I'm just a normal person. But like guys wearing like battle vests, so like you know the leather vests with like all the band patches and spikes sure, on dude. it. Yeah, yeah. There's two guys wearing battle vests. Um, <laughs> it's like an ironic Top Gun. The Top person vest. that is like four foot squared was like mm. that was an entire archetype. Oh, they're four feet tall, four feet wide, yep, and four no, feet. I, yeah, four feet squared. He's like an old F one wheel. I get yeah, you. Yeah, it's four feet squared. Um, <laughs> Is that length, it, width, or height? All, yes. yes, all <laughs> the above. Yep, th- that was an archetype. Um, then there were like Korean students that definitely went to the U and absolutely knew who this band were, sure. and they were thrilled. And then there was like millennial dad, and then like like ten year old girl. Okay. Like, what, like th- that was the crowd. You're referring, you're, you're referring to the people in the crowd like auto journalists refer to product. Yeah. Like, they <laughs> drop the S on everything. <laughs> it's like, I drove Acadia today. Yes. I'm like, not, not the, the Acadia. Or like Acadias or anything I, like I that. I drove like, Acadia. Yeah. I'm just like, wow, that makes perfect sense, but I'd never wrap my head around it. So we have millennial dad, 10-year-old girl. Yes. <laughs> and that was pretty much the crowd. And... And then, oh, and then there's uh, there's one guy who we couldn't figure out if he was a predator or if he was just like an old dad. Turns out he was an old dad. Okay, because it was just like a really old Korean guy <laughs> wearing a long sleeve striped polo, and I'm like, oh, this dude looks like he's dressed like he literally looks like he came out of a Jackie Chan movie from the '90s. Like, oh, gotcha. his outfit, yeah, was just like super like '90s dad looking. I'm like, what is going? This is not something that lives in real life. And it turns out, no, it isn't something that lives in real life. It is totally just a normal dad. I see the mental image of him in eight millimeter cassette tape. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, it's, yeah, that, that's what it looks like, like in real life. He yeah. was, yeah. But um, that's tremendous. <laughs> no, the band the band was great. Um, since they have like a rather small, um, they have like a like a rather small catalog still. Yeah, they had like you know 
lot of audience like participation filler stuff in between because they had to fill out like a four hour thing when they have like exactly four we rented hours this time slot we're yeah, gonna use they have this like time exactly slot. four hours of like total music that they've created um <laughs> <laughs> welcome to discography that's yeah, what we call but, this tour yeah exactly it's exactly what it was <laughs> and so like some of their their audience participation things were like because of such a small crowd they could actually like talk to people yeah and they're korean they don't speak english uh so they had to talk to an interpreter so they say something interpreter interprets it Crowd member talks to interpreter. Interpreter says it to. Um, if that was well to, implemented, I could see that it, being it extremely was. enduring. It, it was really cool. <laughs> but one of my favorite things was they had an open <sighs> question to the crowd. Said, "What is the most Minnesotan food? We're here for one for like one night, and we want to try. What is your food?" And everybody said, "Tot hot dish." The juicy Lucy. Oh yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It was the, the juicy Lucy. It's true. And they're like. The Juicy Lucy, and then they had to explain it to the interpreter. The interpreter, who's not from Minnesota, had to explain it to them. He said, they're like, so it's a cheeseburger. Like, no, 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 no. The cheese is inside of it. The and they molten go, magma sauce. And, and they were like, they're like cheese. yeah, cheese goes inside the bun. They go, no, inside the meat. And they go, in the meat? Like, yeah, you, you have a little cavity, and you fill the cavity with sauce. I want to know all the hand motions that were occurring in the audience <laughs> the, right now. It was, it was really good. <laughs> like, but no, no, no. The beef has the cheese. I also bought my new favorite it. hat there because I thought like if I'm wearing a trucker hat, might as well have a K-pop trucker hat. You're not wearing it. I'm not because it is it. not sunny outside. Well, it is decidedly not sunny yes. outside. So, yeah, I did that. Then I came home and Jana decided that she wanted to dye her hair at like uh, 10 o'clock on Thursday. Then I worked 12 hours yesterday. That sounds terrible. Uh, then I can get back to sleep. Great. And now I'm here. So well, glad you J- could make it. J- Jana decided on a Thursday at like 11 o'clock, hey, let's go dye my hair. And I'm like, what, what if we don't? And she's like, already has the dye pad oh, open. Sh- and she's already in the process of prepping everything. Is this just the bunk bed preparation from Step Brothers? And I'm like, it's 11 o'clock. You had literally, new, literally no, there's a new rule in the house. Or no activities of any sort are to be started after 9 p.m. Yep. For any reason. That's a great idea. Like, I don't... Yeah, I don't... There's nothing, nothing to do. I've got... Like, I'm not picking up any fresh projects at work after 3.30 California time. time. Sure. And I'm not picking up activities after 9 p.m. my time. How dare you try to preserve your mental health? I know, right? How dare <laughs> so anyway, you, Ryan? I helped Jana, and I complained the whole time, as you'd imagine. <laughs> I've known you long enough where I can kind of yeah. get the gist of what went on. Well, because so. like, I didn't want to not be helpful. I but I also needed to but air were, my grievance. You were participating under protest. Yes, I was. <laughs> That's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> participating under protest. But her hair does look wonderful. You'll see it. Um, anyway, so let's talk about beer. I've got an old style, and boy howdy do I need it. <laughs> I, I, uh, I actually went beer shopping. So I yeah, you have a hams, and they brought back the old school cans. I, I, it's I, because of Back to the Fifties. Forgot about is it really? No. Oh, I forgot about this until I unboxed because the the, the, uh, the actual carton is not updated. Yes, it still looks like the modern. It hams, is. They just the, have the new the cans, cans inside. Yeah. Still retro. It's so. great. Uh, USA Today. Speaking of Back to the Fifties, mm-hmm. they did a top ten car shows in the United States. How high were we? Second place. What was first? Uh, like cruising the coast. I haven't heard of it. Some giant like series of car shows that happens like in the southern coast of the United States. That's apparently great. Huh. It's like a hot roddy sort of thing. That kind of sounds interesting. I need um, to look into that. 
Oh, let me look up USA Cruise Today. Why don't you talk to us about Patreon while I bring while I bring this up? <laughs> Fair enough. Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage. On this super custom handcrafted website, you'll find three open-ended levels of support starting at just 99 cents a month. Helps us pay hosting costs and buy the occasional beer. If you want to help us out directly, awesome. If not, we will keep right on making content for you. Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage. All right, I have found this, and I'm going to post it in the notes so you can look at it as well. And so, this will be a cool mini topic for both of us sure. ahead of my actual topic. Um, so, turn. let's load this up. I want actually. I want to hear what your take is on this. All right, tenth uh, place for the top ten car shows in the United States is the Los Angeles Auto Show. So we're like, counting from least to best in the top yeah. ten. Okay. So there's LA Auto Show. So I've not been to that event. Yeah, I can't judge it, but like it is pretty dope from everything that I've seen. It's like the ultimate auto show, basically. Better than the Chicago one? Or oh, way better. I can't remember. In New York? Yeah, sorry. I think I would probably say so, because like New York, you have to deal with New York. It's like if you were going to pick one domestic auto show to go to in the year, would it be LA? LA, probably. Okay, yeah. all right. I the quail still being good. Oh, I, yeah. The qu- so the quail, nobody's heard of the quail. I think that's part of what held it back. Also, the fact that there's only 1% of the population of the world that can afford to go there. Nobody's heard the name the quail, but they're very well aware of the event. Well, this is, this is the thing. The quail, like, so everybody knows Concourse Dalgans. Yeah. The quail is, like, for people that can, like, Concourse Dalgans is for people that can't afford to get into the quail. Yeah, that's what it is. It's very exclusive. Um, it is literally, I think it's like six hundred dollars for entry price for tickets. Yeah, that's only twice as much as Concours d'Elegance. Yes, and then uh, the high, most expensive ticket is sixteen thousand six hundred dollars per seat. That is a lot, and that includes a helicopter dropping you off on the green. Does it include unlimited mimosas while I'm in this I, helicopter? Yes, actually, more than mimosas, <laughs> but yeah. Um, Open bar, dude. Yeah, people like bring their cars in from around the world. So anyway, Radwood is number eight, which is I like... I still have yet to go to a Radwood. Have you been to one? No. Do you have any desire to go to one? You know... Uh, We've talked about Radwood. Before, I've, I wanted to. It's getting too popular. Okay. And now it's like... Um, is it just too mainstream now? I guess. maybe. Maybe that's what my problem is. I don't know, I I'm just, like you. I really like when something is good, but like nobody knows about it. Yeah, that's my thing. Like, yeah. uh, it's like a known quantity. Like Darren yeah. said, it used to be good. It's not what it is. But like, also, Darren's possibly the pickiest person I've ever met in my life. So I guess I should go. I should go. I would like to before I one. make my. I love how decision. rigid they are with their requirements for like year though. Yeah, that's just the really fact great. that those rules are the way that they are gives me some hope for the show. Yeah, that makes me feel good about that. Um. And then the Triple Crown of Rotting uh, in Lebanon, Tennessee. I do know about this. What a great city name. I know, right? Um, but yeah, so the Triple Crown of Rotting is like, that's, I mean, they call it the premier event for hot rods and trucks. Keyword and trucks, because it is not the Grand National Roadster Show. That is okay. That is the premier event for hot rods. Other Ryan just. tells me about that. And that yeah. Look, you look at smacked. He went there this year. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah, Triple Crown is so like people make cars for um, the Grand National Roadster Show. Yeah. Like you're not allowed to show. Like if you're going for most beautiful roadster in the world. Yeah. Um, you're not allowed to show it beforehand. It needs to be built in the year. Huh. It's a really good show. Uh, but anyway, like Triple that. Crown of Rotting's like, I, I want to go, but like I'm only going to go if I happen to be in the area at the time. And that's not an area you would probably like no, seek out as a destination. That's kind of why. 
Uh, and then number six is the Woodward Dream Cruise in Detroit, which is same thing. <laughs> I don't want to. I have no desire to go to Detroit. No. Um, Cars and Coffee in Pontiac, Michigan. I just can't. Well, okay, so I could imagine that being good, but I also don't want to go to Michigan. Right, and like we've already experienced here, the world's biggest Cars and Coffee. Yeah. Like, what do you? Yeah. Like it's gone now, but like it. I I think what they had to do is like things are happening like right here right now. Like you sure. Can't, uh, and then number four is Iowa Old Car Show in Iowa, Wisconsin. So this is one that they have 120,000 attendees. Where the they hell have is this even hosted? That Iowa, Wisconsin. Huge. No, no, no. But like the the venue, it's got a bird's eye shot of like the actual place where they have the car show. No idea. Okay. Um, <laughs> but there's 2,500 car show cars, um, 4,000 uh, swap meet spaces. Wow. Yeah, and then uh, 350 for sale corral spaces for like cars that, is that are for sale it's huge massive there's concerts and all sorts of stuff uh that are happening there um oh what you were looking at actually was the nsra street rod nationals oh. in Louisville, kentucky oh really oh yeah my bad i scrolled down it's the nsra street rod nationals in louisville kentucky now that it looks like a good show that that is a very fair show to go to and i'd actually like to go uh okay, see so that but that's huge gotcha. yeah that'd be kind of cool cool um i feel like there's other things i could probably do in kentucky that aren't just this show i see what you mean on the photos now because i got to the number two yeah <laughs> and that's very familiar number two is most definitely <laughs> back to the 50s and if you're not from minnesota um it is twelve thousand registered vehicles that are all made prior to 1964 and a half and all registered via a fax machine you can there you cannot get registration online you have to mail it in it's either in person mailed in or faxed and then in person is more than double the I, price. I believe that. It's yeah. a wildly expensive. I looked into it once and I I could not be bothered with the process because it was that antiquated. But so this matter. is the thing is it is an antiquated process, but the other thing is is they do that they they were very late in adopting any sort of digitization for like kind of a good reason. It's, like it's probably it, better it, for it. It works and it also is kind of a gatekeeper and it also really helps people um it helps keep keep the actual number of cars manageable because i imagine that this would be 2400 or 24000 if you could just do it online a certain level of gatekeeping on an event like this where it's really got an established long time ethos i think yeah. is probably essential to keeping it relevant yeah and well i mean there's like kind of an issue with that because like i mean if you if you really want to get to it, like They've had declining numbers for years. Yes, their crowd is dying off, but also they're g- still gatekeeping people from like like younger people. Like for me, it was a huge pain in the ass. I was not used to this process. I had to like to send my registration. <laughs> this required me finding a printer. I don't own one that works. You can always use mine if you need it. I know, but I this was like <laughs> I a, understand <laughs> during my lunch break. Not relevant. I had to yet. find a printer. I found a FedEx. Okay, cool. I got the FedEx. Now I have a piece of paper. Well, FedEx doesn't do USPS posts. They only do FedEx posts. So then I had to take my piece of paper inside of my envelope, which I had to buy, and I had to buy a stamp for it because I don't keep those things on hand because this is year 2023. I might mail one thing a year. Um, I mail all of my bills in still. What the fuck? Because I need to know what I'm spending where. I don't use bill pay. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, no, I use bill pay. I uh, I buy a lot of stamps. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have any stamps. Um, <laughs> I can give you some too. Nope. <laughs> Next year, <laughs> it's already done. Okay. And I had to get this in before the fifteenth. I had to pay by check. So did you have a checkbook? 
No, I had to go to the bank and get a check. You had to get I had a counter check for I this? I had to get a single check because I don't keep checks. A counter check. Yeah, I had to get a solitary check. It cost me an extra dollar, yes, but still. Yes, that's true. Uh, that's actually a pretty good rate. Some banks are up to three bucks for one of hey, those. Hey, RCU. But then I had to make sure and that my bank account had exactly that much money in it so the check didn't bounce. Exactly that much or at least that much? Exactly or at least. Either or. It was for a checking account I don't normally use. Um, you have a pop-up that popped up. Oh, oh it went away. Sorry. Um, oh, and so I, turn I, off the minor. A, after all of that happened, um, I then had to wait two months for them to – or no, a month and a half for them to process the check because they process the check – once a month and or not once a month they process it like january yeah yeah like almost quarterly like for some reason it was my timing was just oh no i sent it the week that they were actually doing the processing okay but uh it didn't arrive until after they'd processed the checks for the month so So you had to wait for the next so i had to wait wait for the next batch that's That's why uh, that was the extra two week wait so yeah no huge pain my ass and I also had to buy a car for the show. <laughs> secondary semantics. That, that is that is legitimately something that I would say is a requirement. Is you really need to buy a car for the show? That is something. I mean, I completely understand because I've grown up around this show. But like, you explain that to anyone that's like a car show. Like they, they're like, they're like, oh, it's because they don't let you in. I'm like, no, no, trust me. Like, there's there's twelve thousand cars. And there's like cool stuff hidden everywhere. Yep. Like, oh, yeah. you can't just like not go somewhere because you like, will miss something great. People have factions where they've been parking for like 30 years. Oh, yeah. Like, they're not going to change up just because the attendance is different or like yeah. the state fairgrounds oh. is rearranged. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, 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 I agree. There's like, there's like, uh, like, and it takes a full weekend to see most of it, too. Yeah, no, and, and if you don't have a car, you're going to have nothing. Your feet are gonna just be made of blisters. You look like you're gonna look like you followed Moses for the last forty years. Like it's gonna be terrible. It, yeah, it's pretty bad. So yeah, you definitely want a car. Um, it really helps a lot. So anyway, then number one is uh, cruising the coast, the Mississippi Gulf Coast, America's largest block party. I guess seven thousand vehicles. Sounds cool. I couldn't help but notice seven thousands fewer than twelve thousand. Quality or quantity, maybe. Maybe. Also, the aesthetic. I mean, the show, back to the 50s, is possibly one of the least aesthetic car shows I've ever been to. It's getting better, but yeah. Yeah. It's still based, let's be honest, in a fairground. Yeah, and then you have every single <clears throat> boomer's take on what they want to do with their car. So there's no shortage of 20-inch Oh, those wheels. takes are all hot. Don't worry. Yeah. Very I, hot. I am very quick to bully every single person in the Buick Facebook group. That puts on any wheel larger than a stock wheel, and puts on but they're genuine drum brakes. Wheels. Yeah, and puts on not drums, and puts an LS. All three of those things you get bullied for in the Buick community, and God bless the Buick community for doing that. That's wonderful. Like I said, there needs to be a certain light element of playful gatekeeping. That's what keeps the car, com- the really niche car community great. Yeah, no, it's definitely not a respect all builds. No, I'm God. not like that. Oh no, that you I, do. Not. I will absolutely clown the fuck out of your old Buick if you build it poorly. I can attest to that. I've watched Ryan come at several people in the way that he does at car shows, and it is 
It makes it like makes you feel all warm and syrupy inside in your heart. Yeah, because it's basically I don't go outside that much. So I just act like I do on the internet. Um. <laughs> but it's all like completely factual too. So when people try to like refute it, it's, it doesn't work. Yeah, no, their their refutation ends up being well, it's because I like it. I'm like your opinions are bad and you should feel bad. Because <laughs> when I talk to anyone about a pickup truck, I'm like, unless your conclusion is because I like it. Stop talking to me. Yeah, no. Pickup trucks and AR-15s are the same thing. You should because just say, I because like I like it. Okay, done. Fine. Well, actually, AR-15s do have a lot of good reasons. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> pickup trucks, though, are because I like truck. it. Unless you are a farmer or unless you are hauling engines on a regular basis. Even and, then. And trees on a regular okay, basis. Fine. Like You got me on that last one. Like engines I get because like if it's a regular thing, like yeah. if you're if it's like you and you're like, you know, once every couple of months you put an inch in the back of the Tesla, yeah. that's fine. I've only like I've had the car for four years. I've probably had three engines in it. But like yeah, that's what I mean. But like imagine if you were doing that every day. Oh no. First off I wear the car out. Hmm. Second off Fuck the car. Who se- cares about second the car? off getting that in and out of the car is gonna suck. Oh, that was a process. Rel- re- you need yeah, ratchet yeah. straps, Ryan. Exactly. <laughs> Relative to just dropping into the bed. Like I there- mean, what about a cargo van, then? I would still prefer a, a van. A cargo van, is, that's fair. Especially with like, the doors that, that go sideways or whatever. That, that's cause... fair. But then you have like barrier to entry, cost entry stuff. I so guess. it's just like an OBS is cheaper than oh. a G20 for a good reason. And you just yep. get an OBS truck. Done. Like, there's a shitbox truck that exists to haul engines. If I had to buy a pickup truck... I would get an OBS 7.3 Power Stroke with a manual. If I had to buy a pickup truck, well, first I would be a K truck. But if I had to buy an actual. Oh, yeah, but like an American pickup truck. Because obviously there's great answers in Japan. Which my parents if are. If I right was going to buy an American pickup truck, um, I don't want an OBS because I really don't like the fuel injection system on them. Oh, that's why you get a diesel. Um, well, that's the thing is the diesel. Ooh, my what? mother sent me that this morning. They're in Japan right now. Oh. What is it? It's a Honda something? No, it's a Suzuki. Is it Daihatsu? It's a Suzuki, I think. But anyway, so adorable. Actually, no, it is a Honda Life. What am I thinking? But anyway, if I were to get a truck, I guess I would probably a Bullnose F one fifty. Bullnose is the ninety seven. No, that's the eighties one, the one right after the High Boys. Gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Because the High Boys, I would want the most, but they're too expensive. No, no, no. Take cost off of there. Because, like, a Power Stroke OBS is a oh. lot of money. Oh, cost, cost yeah. is no option? Oh, High Boy, no question. All right. Hell yeah. High Boy, I know. I will tell you exactly what it is. It'll be a uh, High Boy F250. I think there was a 460 engine option. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's their oh, big yeah. block. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd yeah. take the 460. Um, and then I would need to have the locking front hubs. Well, I gotta have worn hubs. But that, so you have the worn hubs. You have the there's a limited slip rear end option that you have, um, and then I would do the camper special. Uh, the camper special actually comes with a larger radiator, a second battery, oh, cool. um, a rear step bumper standard, a little toolbox on the side, and then hooks for a tie down. So so that's designed to have like an in bed yeah. camper. So I'd have the camper special like special. So- and then I would, if I could find one, I would get the ring. I would get the Explorer interior because the Explorer interior it's had a trim a, level, right? Yeah. So the Ranger is a trim. Okay. Uh, and then they have different interior trims. So you can get a Ranger Explorer camper special. You get all three of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, the the, the Explorer interior, the exp- yeah, you know, yeah, and X, it would also be XLT. It'd be a Ranger XLT Explorer camper special. Um. 
But the Explorer interior gives you like really cool like plaid cloth like oh, bench seat. Yeah. And you have a faux wood applique that comes with the Ranger spec that goes over the glove box, which is great. The Ranger also adds, or sorry, the Explorer adds a nicer headliner. And then I think they added carpets (laughs) with that. Yeah. No, all the above. They make perfect sense. I would, um, and I would actually get it automatic because it's a truck and I don't care. That's my wow. only thing. That's where I, you lost me. It, but no, the reason is, is the automatic that they had in that truck is like the greatest Ford automatic that you could ever get. That's before the C4? It was the C something. It was a three-speed, and it was just bulletproof. It was, well, so was the ZF six-speed manual in the late Power Stroke OBS. But this is the thing. Um, if I wanted to have more than two beers at a restaurant, Jana could just go drive my Ranger, and it wouldn't be a problem. Problem I, solved. I don't... I don't know if Jana would actually want to drive a three-quarter ton pickup truck. Probably not, but like that's the but thing. But it is theoretically it's possible. It's the accessibility <laughs> thing for my daily driver. Like we're talking about the seat adjustment. There's no seat adjustment. She's a, I mean, no, there's short no, people are best people. The, the seat adjustment is you put coats behind you oh, on perfect. the bench. Yeah, that's the seat adjustment. That's how they did it. Yep. Okay. Well, we've determined now that if there was no budget requirement and we had to have a domestic pickup truck, what we would pick. Yes, we would. Uh, and that also was not a subject. So or pro- uh, uh, let's go to our first one. I'm just sure. going to ro- roll into this. Let's do it. Would you like to have the aesthetic of a steel wheel, but you still want the, the actually good alloy wheel? In certain circumstances, yes, because there are some steel wheels I really, really like. So Bridgestone is actually making one. Bridgestone came the back with their... Company. The, uh, they also made very cool wheels in did the 80s. Did not know that. And they made bicycles. I own one. That's great. That I did know. I found one at a Goodwill when I was like eight. They're worth a lot of money now. <clears throat> I was eight. They're very good bicycles. I... Uh, ben, my mentor from JNC, he has a he bought a Bridgestone Kabuki during the pandemic, that's and he a hell of a name. Yeah, they're Japanese. That's why they make. I these could things. tell yeah. by the name. Um, <laughs> but he bought a Bridgestone Kabuki during the pandemic, <laughs> and you know, so it doesn't rust. I begrudgingly have to ride this thing, and it is so good. It is. Love it so much. It ruined my Schwinn. I never want to get on my my Schwinn ever again. And like it was so good, I bought a Peugeot project bike. Oh yeah, Scott so, has a Peugeot still. Peugeots are great. They are. I love it. I think it's so cool. But yeah, so what I like about the Super Wrap, which is also the name of the Bridgestone wheel, which is like incredible. It's got graphics on it. They're only sold in colors. Yeah. Um, but you can also powder coat them. But like this is like like a game changer. Like if you have like a vintage Alpha. Oh. Or, like, a car has, like, actually cool hubcaps because this could totally mount a hubcap on What's it. What's the largest size they'll produce? Uh, that pl- appears to be a 16 right there. Well, then this is perfect even for, like, E30s. That's what, I, like I was a, about to say that. Oh, like a 15-inch Steely on an E30? Mwah. That well, would be really good. But still have steely. A, aluminum Steely, yeah. And room for, like, a brake package? Yeah, that would be really good. Man. Um, okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. What the hell is this car? Uh, that is a Nissan March. Oh, okay. Um, so it looks like they have 13, 14, and 15-inch wheels. Okay. Um, I might have been wrong when I said 16. Oh, yeah, so you get up to like a... 86 is You can get a 15 by uh, 6 production, though they did make a 15 by 8.5 prototype. Oh, so that means that's probably coming. Oh, that'd be really oh, good. That's what's on the 86. That. 15 by so, 8 prototype? Um... That's Masahiro Sasaki's Sprinter oh, Torino. Yeah. A Sprinter Torino, and he's a Toyota, uh, he he's a Gazoo racing guy. Um, and God, that's 
awesome. I love that. But the it's, so basically, you can get them twelve to fifteen. So this is actually a great wheel. A twelve-inch aluminum wheel. I love it. So yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> and this is probably cheaper than the set of AC Courgettes, which I really want. Yeah, I will take your word on that one. You've never heard of AC Courgettes? It sounds French. Yes, it is. Control T and look up AC Courgette wheel. C O R R. It's French spelling of Courgette. Yeah. Wheel. You need to keep wheel in there because it's also a fashion company. Okay. Wheel. I uh, probably spelled it wrong. Yeah, I spelled it wrong. Well, hey, how are you having trouble with this? A C A C O U R R E G E S. Oh, uh, right, that one actually has no results. Anyway, how are you not having any results with this? I just looked it up. I'm probably. Here. Oh, it's because I'm using Bing, probably. Oh, here, one second. Uh, I added, I'm adding the link right now for you. Yeah, okay. I can't believe you've never heard of this wheel. This is the greatest wheel of all time. I'm not. I'm literally not exaggerating. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm not exaggerating. That this looks like entire, a good version of the first gen this, CRX wheel. This entire lineup of wheels doesn't miss. AC Corjet. They all. Oh my god! This is. Yeah, I don't know. Ronald Teddy Grams are pretty good, but yeah, these but are these are incredible. Like, look at that. They have hearts. Corrigé. Oh, yeah. What like, the hell? Just a giant AC. Oh, my God. These are just like Subaru XT factory wheels. Yeah, and they were made for like K-cars. All right, yeah. So, everyone, picture in your mind, if you're not looking at the video version, first-gen CRX buttons and every single Subaru turbo wheel from the late 80s and early 90s. I like the little, like, river-flowing one. But that's, like, <laughs> doused in paint. Oh, they're incredible. I absolutely love them. Wow. Yeah, uh, the, I mean, it's something. It's uh, it's something they for look, sure. They are so incredible. I don't know how I feel about that, but I really like unique, weird shit. That's so. what I mean. Like, it's it's just an incredible, perfect wheel. Um, oh, man. But yeah, most AC Courgettes are like 12s, 13s, because they're usually purchased for people that had K-cars. I could tell by the, the era in which that magazine yeah, no, was right. scanned, Yeah, the resolution behind it. Well, the thing was, in the 80s, during the bubble economy, you would get... Like a K car because it's free to park. Okay, cool. Yeah. But like, you don't want to have like you know everybody's. Car. You don't want to look like a popper if you're <laughs> salary man. Like, so what you would do <laughs> is you would get like you don't want a Honda City. Everyone's got one of those. Well, no, that's not even a K car. Like a Honda today is a K car. It's See, it shows small. what I know. Yeah, it's smaller in the city. So like, if you imagine like somebody would get something like a like a today or like a like a, like a Tahatsu like high not high a Tahatsu a, a try that was the name a Tahatsu a try or like a Suzuki Servo as a wagon R R R okay that was yes but okay, that was good. later as after this <laughs> okay um yeah but you could but, retro the wheels yeah on, right? you could yes perfect uh, Altos Suzuki oh, Altos yeah, are K yeah. cars Beauty. so you imagine like people like get these cars and it's like well I make enough money where I can this car is effectively free yeah um and I just get it because it's an appliance but I want it to be like I don't want to look like a normal person it's the equivalent of having like the best iPhone these days okay. where an iPhone effectively is an appliance right. Yeah, but it's an appliance. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This this yeah. is a commuter car. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I, feel, I feel the same about that device as I do for my daily driver. Yeah, but like having the best one, like you get by with a whatever <clears throat> iPhone. Yeah, just, yeah, but you you get the best one because because of YouTube. Because yeah, and you can. It's not like 
you, it's no difference effectively in your daily life. This is the, the one cost. I actually use, which is three and a half years yeah. old and is not high end. So, so like, imagine uh, that's kind of like how a car was for a salary man in Japan in this era. And so what you would do is you'd get, you know, you'd uh, you'd upgrade them to not only look better, and that's where AC Courget got like huge, and they're like a fashion brand. They're like, oh, this is the market. Like people want fashionable wheels, and so like, expalding. The tennis company, yeah. they made wheels. I knew like, that. There's a, a ton of fashion brands made. I think like Reebok made wheels even. Damn. Michelin made wheels. Like everybody oh, made yeah. wheels for the Japanese market in the 80s. And, um, oh my God. So Michelin, like, uh, crazy. Yeah. And so like the Bridgestone Super Wrap, th- that kind of falls in there as well because <laughs> that's where if you didn't want to have the harsh ride of a steel wheel yeah. going over like bumps and stuff. Yeah. Unsprung weight. Yeah. It's huge. It cuts down the unsprung weight, but you can have something that looks a little bit nicer, but something, not something as over the top as a C Courget. Nobody's going to steal your aluminum steel. Exactly. And tell people found out that super oh. wraps are actually pretty smack. Yeah. And if then they read like, the text on it, which, go, oh, Whoa, which, that's a good wheel <laughs> <laughs> of which there's a lot of text on mm-hmm. them, by the way. There's a ton. It's an entire book. That's how you know it's Japanese. Yeah, it it increases uh, literacy rates and thieves. (laughs) (laughs) They become the pawn stars of the wheel. Yes, they do. (laughs) Like, yeah, I know what those are. But anyway, let's have some uh, EV world updates and come back to a modern life. Let's do it up. So BYD, I think, yeah, they're actually the largest electric vehicle manufacturer in the world. And they make incredible, adorable cars. They do. Unfortunately, like everything that's currently testing in the States, of which there are a lot of them, they're usually like the larger sedans. And there's already a bunch of just crazy shit going on with these cars where, for now, the prototypes are rolling around. Don't say BYD on the back. They still say build your dreams. There's no actual like model naming on anything. And the number on the badge is actually reversed. So the lower the number, the better, because they do zero to 60 times the badge. I love that. Really That's cool. That's so cool. One second. Sure. Uh, speaking of yes. uh, Asian vehicles and not okay. from Japan or South Korea, um, VinFast shipped their second range of long, their second batch of long range SUVs to North America. And there's 1,879. That's actually that came a pretty here. big batch. That is a sizable batch. Yep. Congratulations on the Vietnamese Congre- VinFast yes, for good. getting your batch out the Once door. Once I see one in real life, if I can afford one, I'm going to buy one. I believe you. Like, I absolutely. That look in your eye. I want this. This is my new. Uh, Bremont Teos. You're going to... Oh, rip, little buddy, about yeah. the war. I How Vietnamese is the wrap going to be that you put on your VinFest? It's literally just going to be a Vietnamese restaurant menu. <laughs> just going to get a Fa 79 menu. Perfect. Oh, no, my God. No, no, better yet. It's going to be a collage of photos of Ho Chi Minh. That's what it's going to be. Jesus. Yeah. It's going to be like a lowrider style collage of Ho Chi Minh photos. Anyway, I know. Carry on. I really want this. Oh, anyway, so <laughs> still talking to BYD Build Your Dreams. They are now, and it's uncertain whether or not this will come to the States because we don't officially have any BYD products coming here, but they're coming. So Yeah, no. They, well, in the, it's the same way that we don't officially have a Foxconn laboratory, but there's searches one in Wisconsin. Right. Yeah, yeah. We, we, do, we do things here because we have to, just for breaks and everything. But the company's interesting because we've heard of, oh, what's that little micro car, uh, the electric one? with. The, I know. It's really cute. Uh, I'm liking on the name. Um, this, this one. The Wooling Sherry. Mini. Wooling Mini, yes. So those cars are awesome, but they, they are cheap cars. 
and they're inexpensive cars. But BYD is aiming to not make the cheap car, sorry, the inexpensive car feel cheap. Okay. So the car I want to talk about, and I put the name in the notes. Bear with me because we've been talking. No, so it, it is a BYD Seagull. The, that I knew it was a great name, so I had to say it has an incredible name. The BYD I'd buy Seagull that. is yeah. a little. I totally want to try. I, I want a communist car. I love communist cars, oh, and now I, I have a really real possibility of getting one. And like I'm sure this is made all the components are probably the same manufacturer as the uh, the um, the Vietnamese Vinfast because I mean let's be honest they're all Chinese source components, but this thing has a starting price in U.S. dollar equivalent. I know that's not the same as starting price, but of fourteen grand. And it has a 189-mile, like, U.S. range. They're quoting it at closer to 240, but it's like the Chinese cycle, and a lot of that's much uh, more city-driven. But, I mean, they've, they've shown interior shots. They've shown fit-and-finish details on this thing. And it honestly, it doesn't look too bad. It reminds me of, like, a Yaris this shape like, and size. It's like a Yaris and, like, a Nero. Like got yeah, together. Yeah, the back's very Kia. Yeah, it's a but very the side is yeah. Very Toyota. It's really good. I like this a lot. And it's in like mucus green, so I love that. Yeah, already. this is a really good like metallic chartreuse. But I mean, it looks like a pretty nice product. And if they could bring that to the states, seventy-five horsepower goes eighty miles per hour. It's yeah. it's enough. And nope, honestly, that's good. it's fourteen grand. And if they could somehow source the battery materials and get a factory this set up here, this is more realistic than a Vinfast for me because it checks more boxes. Also, you know what? This would fit on your driveway. Yes, it wouldn't. Vinfast would not. Correct. Vinfast, I'd get so I can say I own Vietnamese. So vehicle. I mean, maybe you need a seagull in your life. I do. I definitely need this. Trust me, a Vinfast on every level is a terrible idea. Well, yeah, but, but I it's also, also Vietnamese. you know, this is the thing when I look at the Vinfast. I th- it reminds me of the Toyota Crown that was imported to the United States in the 1950s. And I go, you know what? I, c- I have the opportunity. <laughs> I could be that Right guy. here, right now. <laughs> I can get the Lexus LS of the <clears throat> 1950s. And then, when you're done with it, you can abandon it in a rural part of the desert where yep. nobody will find it for a very long time. And then time. I'll, I'll make a great social media story. Correct. 50 years later. It's going to be perfect. Or it'll just get wet and land on fire. Well, uh, one of the two. It'll, no, the battery will go flat at some point. It will be fine. The, the electrolyte loses any. Anyway, so I, I'm doing like a general EV update here. So that's the BYD story. I do briefly Good. want to touch on two other companies. Okay. First one, you're not going to believe this. Tesla has now cut prices again. Oh, shocking. Twice. You know, you don't even have to worry about and then raised them. You never even have to worry about depreciation, like destroying the value of your car. Companies doing upset. it for you. Yeah, no, don't <laughs> even worry about that. The entire user group is full of people just beside themselves that the car that they bought two months ago is now like twenty grand underwater. Shocking. Like, yeah, yeah, you well, own a Tesla. You're you own that Tesla. <laughs> like you own yep, that car you made for your better or worse. Lay in it. Cars I would never buy. Tesla. Yeah. I, I keep everyone always asks that. I'm like, I love EVs. We'll never buy a Tesla again. No, they're terrible. I told you they were terrible. Third EV thing I want to talk about very briefly. Polestar has now announced the Polestar 4. I saw Polestar 2, the one that's just a normal sedan. Yes. I saw one the other day. It was they very good. They good-looking cars. I like that a lot. I, I do like the Polestar 2, and they're, they're heat pump cars, which is great. Oh! Yeah. Why doesn't Scott have one? Uh, the battery range was not enough, or there was no tech. There was some good reason. I can't remember. I guess he has a Jag, so that's worth the it. The Jag. I do love the Epoch. That thing is really Yeah, he has a Jag. Good. good. I borrowed I can't believe that he's the first member of your family to buy a Jag. He wanted to get an Ionic 5. I'm like, that's no. now more money 
get the I-Pace. Yeah, also, you just got burnt by Hyundai. Like, why would you get another Hyundai? I got burnt by Hyundai. I'm going to buy another Hyundai. Hear, hear me out. He's getting really good at lemoning cars. He's he getting is. really good at suing automakers. He's, so. yeah, no, he's single-handedly <laughs> making the world a better place by suing automakers. Um, he's, he's been paying on the ID4 for over a year now, just waiting for the company to settle and pay him out. So I, I really that. look forward to the ID4 <laughs> saga finishing. You remember the Nero saga? That was only like seven months. This mm. one is now well over a year, and the court date is in next calendar I'm, year. I am so thrilled mm. that I was right. Oh, yeah. Just unequivocally. I'm like, they're going to find a way to fuck this up. And you're like, no, there's, there's nothing that can break. I'm like, there's a solitary moving part. They will fuck it up. And look what they did. And you know what? It wasn't even like a VW. It was like, it was high voltage. It was part of the electric car part of Incredible. the car. Incredible. And it was one of like, Scott, I'll correct me on that number, but it was hundreds of units worldwide. It wasn't all of them. Like, he happened to get one of the tiny batch of cars affected by this. So oh. speaking of Volkswagen, uh, uh, anyway, Polestar oh, Four. Yes. It's meltier, faster, more expensive, and it doesn't have a back window at all. What? Yeah, it uses cameras and the cameras. So no, that's thank you. bad. Bad. Don't buy that. It's like twelve grand more than a Polestar Two. Screw that. Don't buy that. You know, I'm not inherently mad about the no back window because I mean, a Tatra didn't really have a back window. Oddly enough, that was in the <laughs> that was in the article. It compared like a Tatra, a cargo van, and the Polestar yeah. Four. I'm like, yeah, I can see I'm, that. I'm not inherently mad at that. It's just I know it's not what I'm hoping for. I just I can't see any upside over a Polestar Two. That's it. So yeah, that's fair. Um, anyway, so the International Harvester Scout is coming back. That's kind of cool as a Volkswagen, Does, uh, which is not good. Oh, no, but what? you're probably going, wait, what? What the fuck? Also, it's an EV. Is this like the... And you're uh, probably really going, what the hell? How the... What? Is this the Dodge Power Wagon rights thing all over again? No. This is more convoluted. Uh-oh, your Bentley flag <laughs> fell. Oh, no! Um. Anyway. I need to get to... I, I, they have it written down here. Um, or one second. Apparently my posterior is too voluptuous for that flag. Control T. No, I need Control F, not Control T. Oh, no, you've made a new tab. Control F does. Oh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> All right. So they acquired the Scout moniker. They being Volkswagen? Volkswagen acquired the Scout moniker um, when their Tratton Truck Division took over Navistar. Navistar was started by International Harvester. And they made the Power Stroke. And Navistar. Oh, so Navistar is actually, I'm sorry, was purchased by International Harvester. And that was turned into its own thing, so International Harvester could just concentrate on farm implements. So Navistar somehow had acquired the 1970s International Harvester truck rights. Okay. So now Volkswagen's going to make their EV Jeep thing. It's literally the Power Wagon. What was the Canadian one called again? The Fargo? Yeah, the Fargo. This is it's literally the, like Fargo the Fargo Power Wagon all but over again. It, it's kind of cool because it looks like a really good Rivian from like these like little drawings they have. I mean, that's uh, great, but it's going to have so many recalls. It does yes. look like a Rivian. It looks a lot like a Rivian. <laughs> However, what, this is the thing. I, they've ruined the name. The name sucks. Whatever. It's not a real one. It's Can just, I put Warren Hubs on it? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's got wheel. It's got the hub motors, I imagine. Fine. But... <laughs> This is the thing. I've been saying for years that Jeep <laughs> needs somebody to make a Jeep so Jeep can make better things. Because, like, as soon as nobody else made a Jeep, Jeep started sucking. Because, like, well, like when was the last time that there was a equivalent to a Jeep made? Now, the Bronco. 
I know, but before this. Oh, God. Well, in this country, like 40 years. No, it was, it the, was the 90s. It was the 90s. The stomach and the scout in the 90s? No, but they had you had a Suzuki Samurai and the Suzuki yeah, Sidekick. Small. That's not like. And you had the you had the you had the soft top. Okay, well uh, we had the tracker. That's kind of Jeep esque. Yeah. We had the uh, was that yeah, Kia... that's, that's what I'm talking about. It was, it was the Kia Sportage. Yeah, had, yeah It was yeah. the 90s. Okay. Well, no, it was the 2000s. And if you think, right? nope, the Sportage they killed the soft top Sportage in like 2001. Oh, okay. Um, and the tracker became just a five door Chevy in like. 99 when they improved the build quality and yeah. it got way worse um <laughs> improved quote unquote <laughs> but well, they, they did make it sturdier but it, got, it became a boring vehicle at that point yeah sturdiness has never been something you need with a 4x4 i had to explain to somebody today that worse cars are better yeah no it, well johnny understands now yeah. he bought a mirage is he loving his mirage i assume well, how I could also you not assume, well i love a mirage but so. anyway so um <laughs> Jeep needs somebody to like kind of kick their ass a year because like if you think like as soon as the Sportage became a Rav Four, and it, was, it oh you can imagine like that kind of coincides with Jeep like killing off the XJ and yeah. then like getting really lame with that awful early two thousands Cherokee and then, like all the other Cherokees oh, yeah. after that and then you had like the V six uh, Z W or Z Y or something yeah. yeah the four point seven liter one yeah and then you have like <sighs> the now you've got like, the V six Wranglers that kind of suck they, yeah but you can still get them with a six speed which is awesome that's fine but they suck as an off road vehicle um and like the last good Jeep was a, was like the Wrangler Unlimited so like they made it about six years before they started sucking. Cause after the Wrangler unlimited came out, they've made nothing good since. Well, and that came out in the TJ series. Too. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it like, was the very last TJ. So they made it extended TJ. Yeah. So Another, boy, how are those worth some money? Oh my God. They're insane. TJ user insane. I don't get it. Cause they're not like better than a JKU. Well, they are. They are. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, they were much better. Um, yeah. is it just cause they had a four liter? Yeah, it was it, they have the four liter inline six, but like all like it was kind of like the final version of the Wranglers that were based off of the CJ platform, and they'd kind of like by extending it, they made them a lot more livable, but like also they shortened the overhangs by extending it, which oh, made it better for off roading. I suppose. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Does it, it like so it, it's compromised? I like it. Yeah, like it's actually really great. Like they made it better. <laughs> like the T, the they the TJUs it, are actually really good Jeeps. I remember not liking the TJU when it came out, and now like I would never consider a two door Wrangler. Yeah, no, the TJU is just a two door Wrangler. It's just a long. The Unlimited is a two door. Unlimited is a two door. I thought Unlimited meant four door. No, it's a long boy two door. Look it up, TJ. Oh, um, yeah, it's really cool. It's an extended. Um, Wrangler two door. Wow, it, dude, I did not know that. Oh, what the hell? They yeah, did, they did make a four door TJU, right? Nope, no, no. They just extended the rear end like eight wow. inches, and it makes it like a lot more livable. Yeah, but the ride quality is significantly and then, better. Like if you look at like the fr- wow. there's like no front overhang. The yeah. rear overhang they cut down a lot. Yeah. Because they just moved the whole axle. They didn't back. make the door bigger. They literally just no. They made just, all the they, gaps bigger. They made like <laughs> it, they extended the body work. They just added like a huh. flat piece of sheet metal. I had no idea. Yeah, and so TJUs are actually worth like significantly more money because well, of that. I knew they were worth a ton of money, but yeah, wow. Okay, that is news to me. Yeah, huh. so they're they're very cool, but like after the TJU, they haven't made anything good because why? Who cares? 
and they have no competition. Now you have a Bronco. Now you have the electric scout. So if Volkswagen can make a scout that's electric, mm-hmm. that's off-roadable, that would actually be really cool. Because so far there's not been a single off-road EV, and it is possible. You don't True, want it, fun. really. I really want to try a Wrangler 4xe. I bet that's fun. I don't think so. But uh, I also have absolute disdain for every single Mike Manley Jeep. So Yeah, no, I get where you're coming from. Right now it's... No, but I feel like in 20 years' time, that actually might be a pretty interesting vehicle. Yeah, probably. I mean, this is the thing. With the Scout, um, if they made this like actually like off-roadable, that'd be really, really, really cool. It should be. Cause, like, look how good off-road the Rivian is. That's electric. And, so. and that's the thing. Is, like, if you can make a Rivian that's like you don't have to worry about breaking things. Also, it's affordable. Yeah. Like, that's really good. Like, all you need to do is have insane range. All you need to do is have insane range <laughs> and make it cheap. Yeah. <laughs> no. Wow. No, but that? like you don't need to like. What I'm saying is you don't need to like give it like fucking with you me. don't need to give it like twenty thousand dollars worth of creature comforts. You right. don't, you don't need this because like a Rivian's like what like sixty no, uh, God, no like no, eighty they, yeah they, it's like eighty eighty starting price if you can get one under like ninety right now you're doing yeah. really well. So your Rivian's like uh, that's a six figure vehicle. Now if you could just make one be like a like 60 or cheaper yeah make like, it out of like regular if, car stuff if you or... can have the price overlap with a wrangler that's what you're looking for with and this. i think that's probably doable i mean look at okay look at battery tech in the last three years yeah not only how much it's in, improved in like power to weight but also the cost per kilowatt hour it's insane yeah, so I mean, I also have zero faith because this is a volkswagen oh so yeah it's they, they going will, to be they're, broken. It, they're going to fuck it up on every level um but also, while it is a Volkswagen, I still feel like, you know, there's, they have a chance to not fuck this up. They will. Don't get me wrong. They will. <laughs> I, this but they can, prompted me. Volkswagen has just updated the rear motor on the ID vehicles. Whatever's, yeah. Why would you update it? It's more powerful. It's more efficient. But, like, now that's going to have its own recalls. Just fix the one you no, already that's made. that's not what Volkswagen does. More power, make people smile. People make a bunch of really cool posts, and then their shit breaks down. So it's the be so second many it's out of warranty, and then, Volkswagen, and then Volkswagen goes, they look back through their social media history, like, yeah, you beat on it. It's like, yeah, I owned the car. Weird. I drove it like <laughs> as a vehicle. vehicle. It's very strange. Anyway, let's move on. F me, right? <laughs> let's all right. Talk all right, about right. the uh, oh uh, god, G wagon platform. I, all right. So the W four sixty three is like the OG G wagon, W A G E N body yeah. style. Mercedes for I have no idea why. I think it's because it's their five hundred thousand production model. But they took a four sixty five, which is the current like independent front suspension oh. one. And they, they made it look like a 1986 That's actually really cool. G300. I like the look. And like, that looks great. Why don't they just sell that? That looks way better than a G63 AMG. Yeah, what the fuck? It's, it's hunter green with like matte paint. There's enough the... defunct 1980s <clears throat> German tuning houses that they could totally buy the rights for one of those 100%. and make like utilitarian versions of their cars under that name. Oh, yeah. But, like, it's perfect. And they took, like, the 2002 G500 wheels. Like, you, you could totally have, like, a Mercedes G300 or whatever, Safero. Oh, yeah. And then just, like, have the Saferos, instead of being wacky hatchbacks, have them be, like, base model-looking cars. Like, yeah. And it, then have them cost as much as a normal one. I don't care. Sure. It's a Mercedes. And, and they do. This Pri- is $176,000. Price is 
price is completely irrelevant with Mercedes. If you're getting a G-Wagon, you have enough money. To, you, have, you have fuck me money. And you know at some point they're going to do a 4x4 four four squared one of those, and then they're yeah, going to do a fine. cloth top Great. one. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Ju- just have me all these six figures. Good. Yeah. This is a, this the is fact a, that you can legally make a car that looks like that and functions that way today I love is, trucks is about, amazing. That's all about trucks. G-Wagons. Trucks have like the bare minimums of safety requirements. They're somehow just exempt from everything that matters in the world. Yeah, no. I mean, that's one thing lobbyists have done for us. So that's good. Um, so Thanks, lobbyists. Speaking of old things, oh I want to talk about... Did you know NASA made a hot rod? Uh, no. No, I did not. Uh, okay, did you know that they made a hot rod to test a flying bathtub? Well, I didn't know they made a hot rod, so I definitely don't know about the... F- what the hell? It's a flying bathtub, isn't it? So you're probably wondering, huh, you know, the, the space shuttle that is a confu- comes in from outer space, right? It does, typically, yes. unless it blows up first. Yes. So it comes in from outer space, but like if you look at its wing area... Doesn't have that much actual wing area. It's got pretty small wings. No, yeah, it's like a glider. It's not an actual airplane. So, um, what that is is that is a lifting body. Okay. And lifting bodies were theorized by NASA. It's actually theorized by in Nazi Germany because everything was from there. Um, but uh, nobody had ever actually made a functioning one. So, at Merak Airfield, um, I love that it has an end number. I know, like right? it's actually an aircraft. Yeah, no, it needs a, it needs an end number because it is a flying vehicle. Um, so a little bit of background here: NASA uh, kind of they in the sixties they had like unlimited budget, so they could test whatever the hell they wanted. Yeah, and one of the things was is there was a scientist that had like literally a twenty thousand dollar budget to make a lifting body concept okay. based off some plans that like that were theorized that never actually like prototyped okay. like, during World War Two. Um, he made it out of plywood, and it flew a little bit. And but like the thing was, is like they had like a tiny version of it yeah. that like flew, and they're like, okay, this is functional. And from there, they actually got real funding. But the thing was, is they needed it to go. They had a limited space because they had the airfield that they were at, which is Merak Airfield, the largest natural uh, airfield. It's a dried lake bed in California. Okay. Um. But, like, it's also, like, you can't just, like, you know, have forever to get up to speed. So you had to... Right. Yeah, and so you a also... long airfield is enough to get, yeah. like, a modern car. It's, the thing was, is you also had to have a lot of torque. And you had to be able to go really fast. It had to be a convertible, because you had to be able to spot it and, like, and everything. You had to have the scientists inside the, the, the car There's like watching it. like, that thing. Yeah. yeah. So you had all these... Distinct responsibility. Like, you can't just like go get a Ferrari 250 GTO and hope for the best. Also, you're, you're it's like 100 degrees at all times. Uh, Great. Yeah. Just ideal test conditions. So this for- is what you need an American V8 for. So the uh, scientist that was behind this um, needed – he had to – he gave like their – they had like a resident hot rodder. Like, it was like one of their mechanics happened to have a lot of ba- like background with hot rodding. Okay. And they just like gave him like a blank check and they said – we need a car to do this job. You go make that. And so he chose a, Pilot, a Pontiac Catalina because it has the wide track uh, suspension system okay. where the wider body actually gave it more stability. Yep. Um, it needed to be a convertible, and it needed to have a large displacement engine so they could go quickly but also not overheat the car like you would with right. like a Ferrari in that era. And so 
Yeah. That's why he got a big block Catalina convertible and they put a roll cage in it. And which I can't even see in this photo. If you look a little, really closely in the fat dude's shirt, uh, you'll oh, actually see, I see a roll hoop. cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a roll hoop there. Um, but he like, actually took it out to like a, um, a hot rod shop and they tuned up the engine. They like raised the compression on, they gave it like a, um, a tri power intake manifold, yeah. like tubular headers, like yeah. dual full, like dual exhaust system, uh, a hot cam and everything. Like they actually made it like really cool. And then they gave it the actual, um, like paint scheme that you would have of, a uh, pole car, which was white with a safety yellow stripe over the top. And so, um, so people didn't think that it was just somebody getting a bright idea, like some like overpaid, like government official. Sure. They actually wrote like property of NASA Rock <laughs> Airfield on the door. <laughs> if you actually scroll down, uh, through here, they have some more photos of the car. Um, but they needed to be able to go, like 120 miles an hour in like under 30 seconds while pulling while pulling a 4,800 pound load. Jesus! So this is what they made, and it makes all of that. Oh, there's a better photo of the hoop, yeah. And yeah, it it would actually do it very well. And they put drag slicks on the rear, oh, like, yeah. so like it actually needed slicks to like be able to like <laughs> well, yeah. put the power down. What do we know about sixties cars? They had bias ply one seventy exactly. So they put, put the on so, they put on some like radial <laughs> drag tires in the rear, <laughs> and they made it go. It, but that's the thing is, it went like one hundred and thirty miles an hour, like, and I think something like. 30 or 40 seconds or something. I think when they were done with it, like the rear gear on that thing. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. The rear gear is like swapped out and everything, but like, that's the thing is they had to like actually take it to a hot rod shop. Right. Um, well, I mean, it helps when they have an actual set of specifications that the car needs to hit, you know? Uh, but yeah, so there's this hot rod shop called, um, Stropes or it is owned by, uh, Sparky Sparks is the name of the guy. Um, that, that ran the fabrication (laughs) shop and he had this guy named, uh, what's his name? It's like Whitey Whiteside, I think was his name. They all have like wacky names. Sparky Spark and Whitey Whiteside. Yeah. Pontiac Catalina Convertible. Yeah, it it is Whitey Whiteside. Oh my God. I was right. Walter Whitey Whiteside was the name of the, the engineer who built this. Um, but yeah, that dude must have been lit. <laughs> he would like drive. He would, he, he would drive like a thirty-two to work, like a thirty-two like roadster to work. Like that was his car. It was awesome. Like it's just an awesome. Why do awesome I say that? Yeah. And um, all I can hear right now on my headphones is international speak. But all right, so this is the thing. It had to. It had to tow what was ultimately forty-five hundred pounds after like accounting for drag and everything. Yeah, at a hundred and forty to one hundred and fifty miles per hour. Jesus. I wouldn't had trust nineteen sixties tires at that speed. No, but they had to. Well, that's um, why it's got a roll hoop. And it right? was a four twenty one cubic inch V eight. Oh, yeah. Um and then Oh, so they, it, it it did not have a tri power. It actually had a giant four wheel carburetor and a Muncie four speed. Oh yeah. It's uh, a stick. Yep. Mm. And then they it had to be a convertible. Yep. Um let's see here. And then, but even the static weight sitting still on that thing was a thousand pounds, right? So oh, it had to produce maximum nuts. torque at a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> so, okay, this is the thing: it did a hundred and ten miles per hour in thirty seconds. Pulling a load—that's very impressive. That's really that's good. Very impressive. <laughs> that is incredible. 
Um, and it was a thousand pounds on the ground. Right. But once you had, drag, once yeah. you attack, uh, attack or, or like account for air drag. Yeah. It was like 4,500, but that is incredible. <laughs> I absolutely love this story. I heard about this. I was like watching some like random like YouTube video about like, this is the kind of car you find in a barn find. And you got to do the that, research. No, I was watching about like airplane stuff and about like weird NASA projects. And then Whitey Whiteside comes out of nowhere with his. Yeah, yeah like, I, I saw like what? What is a lifting body? Like this video had been suggested to me. Like, eight Your YouTube times. tangents are wild. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, to Jesus calibrate God. the speed. Oh yeah, to calibrate the speedometer. Yeah. Um, they couldn't do it in California. Well, Nevada did not have posted speed limits at ah, that time. Reasonable and prudent. And so they had to go almost 180 miles an hour on a public highway. To calibrate the speedometer. I'm sure it's fine. And that I is, cannot imagine that is doing within, 180 in a punny that is, that is within, that's with like, the top down. That is actually documented in NASA like, paperwork. That they imagine seeing had, that shit on that letterhead. <laughs> <I know>, like, <laughs> and they're going 180 miles an hour on a, op, on a str- open road in Nevada. In, in, they, in the 60s. Yeah, in the 60s. Um, that is so fucking fast. <laughs> I know it's insane, and so yeah, they ended up t- using this as a tow car forty eight times uh, for six months. Um, Hell yes! And then, or sorry, it was towed. F- one second, Pontiac towed the M two F one for the first time in sixty three. Uh, before, oh sorry, forty eight times in April alone. Oh, okay, four hundred total flights, um, and then. After 400 flights with this car as the tow car, NASA finally gave them a C-47 cargo plane that was <laughs> so they could do full-speed glider testing. <laughs> they probably still use the car. I'm like, yeah, but... Yeah, no, that, that's just about the greatest thing I've ever heard of. Um, so the car... And it looks like a just a basement. It's got steelies. So the car still exists. The car, is, the car is found in Georgia in like 2015. Okay. Um, and it's under restoration, back to factory specification. Um, yes. And it's actually being done by the Air Force Test Flight Museum at Edwards Air Force Base for public display. I think it's actually on display now. Is That was the most recent... Uh, update. I, 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 I recall. Very cool. But yeah, this is just about the greatest thing I've ever heard of. And I bet it's like completely unopened. Like all the all the drivetrains probably totally still. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's totally <laughs> fine. Like, there's like probably like. I guess we'll change the oil. I imagine like they probably just like yank the engine out of it because they're like, this is a cool engine. And then Whitey like, Whiteside needed something for his <laughs> yeah, city too. I know, right? <laughs> But I love it. Ten out of ten. Great story. I love uh, that. Honestly, I love that too. I just love how basic that car looks. I'm like, yeah, like to your point, like it's a white. But it goes. Car. They went like almost 180. On they went like well past what the fastest production car in the world at the time was doing. <laughs> Steel wheels and a Pontiac Catalina. Yeah, and again, it was like I, you they probably opened the engine because they had to do the compression well, yeah, no, work. Yeah, no, they totally still. they had to like build the engine. Like they did all like all the work on it, but like like it's factory even, form factor. You've not ever been in Jana's Buick, a, a car from that era. I don't know. And it's a convertible, and the top looked like and it was completely removed. Seat. I cannot. And the lap belts. The sensation of speed in that at 180 would the be. The sensation of speed in terrifying. those cars at 60 is terrifying. I believe you. It's <laughs> That's terrifying great. to I go 80 that. in Blubsky. I understand. That's fantastic. I love oh, it. 
I think most of my reason I have a sensation of speed and it's ter- terrifying in the Buicks because I know it's a leaking single circuit brake master cylinder. It's just the element of danger. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what it is. It's what makes you feel alive, Ryan. It certainly does. It feels like I'm going to be impaled by my steering wheel. Anyway, let's talk more right, about our, our fucking final topic today. Uh, the the legislation going through the United States political system has been clear as mud when it comes to EV and Shocking. tax credit. However, oh, this week, Marketplace talked about this, and it was very funny. I I would be interesting to hear that that segment because it has been hilariously bad. Like it, it was fine before for like the 2015 to 2020 mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, if you get a Fev it's 3500 bucks, if you get an EV it's 7500 until they hit a certain number of units. Great. I can make heads or tails of that. The newest one it's been like, well, you can get the same 7500 even on a car that wasn't eligible, but it has to be made in the United States, but it has to be made by union workers, but it also has to have batteries that were sourced by United States component yep. companies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so nothing. Nothing is eligible. GM has that GM's releasing a VIN uh calculator. So you can search by GM VIN which well, cars are nice. and are not but only works for GM. Well, that's fine because still most some. of the product, and I finally RGM. have a list of things that are actually eligible. Uh, it, by the way, it's also that. not that whole product. It is by VIN of those cars. We, yeah, the older yeah. ones. I no, could... no, the current ones. Because it gets even worse. Yikes. It gets worse because within those batteries. Oh, no. The components that are used for oh, the batteries. Sick. So if the little top cap is made in, like, fucking oh, Indonesia, <laughs> guess who doesn't get their battery credit? That car. <clears throat> yep. Okay. So, with a grain of salt, <laughs> possibly on all of them, still clear as mud. <laughs> yeah, it's this terrible. terrible. And they made it as convoluted as possible. It's so, it's ridiculous. So, some Cadillac lyrics, some Chevy, were you aware that they made a Chevy Blazer EV? I did. I didn't realize that they still made the Blazer. They brought it back. It's another one of like ninety compact crossovers that all do the exact same thing that are made by Chevy. The Bolt EV, which boy howdy, is that a good deal if you can find one? Because those if are like, you can find one, if yeah. you can find one, because yeah. they're like twenty two thousand dollar cars and you get a seventy five hundred dollar tax credit. Wow, they're awesome. Like you can, that get is those, a deal. you can get those in the teens if you qualify for the tax credit. That's they, great. Bolt EV, screw that thing. Crossover Equinox EV. Never seen that before in my I, life. What a, I think a lot of these EV. things they don't actually make. They just say they do, but they I'm don't actually. I'm pretty confident that the Silverado EV is not made because there isn't even a blue link on that one. It's I've just never black text. seen a Silverado EV. The F-150 Lightning. So great, other than the fact that we never actually got a cheap one, just like the Model 3. The Tesla Model 3 Performance. Hear that one out, right? I'm literally looking at this. I don't see it. <laughs> they have like links to one coming up. Like, I was going to say it's in the legislation, but it doesn't exist. 2024 yet. is what they're saying. However, the 2024 one, their uh, stock photo that they're using on Car and Driver is a unfinished bumper, and it is most definitely a EV. This is actually kind of cool. It, it it is a like utility, like a fleet quality. I'm adding the link yeah. right now. Look at this. It's a, like a fleet quality EV truck. This is, Does it have Steelies? Yeah. Unfinished oh, yeah. Steelies. Unpainted bumper. Okay. See giant that? unpainted bumper. That's pretty good. If that actually exists, if I see that in real life. Especially if it starts at 42 I'm going to be chuffed if I see that in real chuffed life. Chuffed to bits, one that might say. That is a say. perfect V. That is, that's the correct truck. Bur- 
Brown, not brown. Gray plastic bumpers. Sorry. Or brown plastic bumpers. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually kind of into that'd that. Be, that'd be Bakelite. Wow. So that'd be really cool. Yeah, I'd like Bakelite bumpers. I kind of want a dark brown plastic bumper now. Yeah, I want a Bakelite bumper. I want to scratch my bumper and smell formaldehyde. There, there's no... Okay, so the F-150 Lightning we were supposed to get at base for 40 grand doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. And yeah. it would have had steelies and black yeah, plastic bumpers. Exist, yeah. It's So that's irksome. But like, I don't understand, and I, I guess I do, but the Model 3 performance costs enough, and it has a long enough range where it qualifies for the full tax credit right now. Yes. So that's interesting. But, of course, Tesla's pricing is going like a roller coaster. Yep. So don't buy one of those. The Model Y, who cares? And the ID4, which is going to all be broken. But that'll lead into only ID4s that are made in North America, which currently aren't in production but will be soon. So, like, every ID4 that we currently know about mm-hmm. and have, not eligible. Yep. Plug-in hybrids, Pacifica Hybrid, go get one of those. Those are great. Aviator, not even sure why they make a Lincoln Aviator Hybrid. Probably just for the tax credit. But those two are eligible for the $7,500 credit, and they're not even full AV. I just don't understand. I think it's because they're crossovers, technically. I, I don't. I can't be bothered. You know what? I started you want- this off with there's some clarity now. <laughs> no, and as none. I read this, I realize there is still no clarity. No, I have no idea what the fuck is worth anything. I'm just going to, you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to just go ahead and buy a Mirage probably or a VinFast because I can't imagine trying to deal with that. You know what? You can be guaranteed that neither one of those have a tax credit, so you don't have to worry about exactly. it. Exactly. I can budget for that. <laughs> <laughs> like That's something I can budget around. The other one is literally a lottery. Like, like Marketplace described it as a lottery. Yeah. Because they're like, it's literally. Dude, it's Russian it's roulette. It's so convoluted. They're like, it is a Dude, lottery. I can't even tell you. They're like, this is no easier than make. Like, if you can. If you can coherently make sense of this, you can make you know, money. Bravo to you. You can make money on DraftKings. Oh yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same amount of gambling. Ryan, this is this is arbitrage. It is in literally cars, arbitrage. It's carbitrage. Yes, this is carbitrage. This legislation. This is, is the most cursed form of carbitrage. <laughs> anyway, I um, like that. I'm vaguely in the market for. Um, cheap cars that are very reliable under $3,000 with under 100,000 miles that I could possibly sell and bring a trailer. Need to make a flip to help pay for the wedding, so that's what it's going to do. Uh, under 100,000 miles, under three I'm, grand, I'm relatively thinking, reliable. Well, three grand, around three grand, relatively reliable. I'm thinking, I'm trying to find like a really, 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 really good like H body century. Oh, the yeah. the the nine like the early nineties late eighties centuries yeah that would when be when they got big again after the miser well no I'm talking like the one where you have like the iron puke or a six cylinder maybe like no a, we, like we Oldsmobile talk- Cutlass Sierra or a Buick Century we talked about those yeah. H bodies yeah think, last time we yeah, recorded we I, I'm looking for either one of those or like a Camry of sorts but it's gonna be something I need something that I'm not gonna be personally attached to oh don't get a Camry then those are gonna be great nope nope that's the thing you can get an odd Mac four cylinder oh, Camry yeah, and I might get a Camry then. um <laughs> but, gold Jewish racing gold all right but like um that or like a Riata would be good you can get if I could find a grand. good if I could find a good trofeo I'd be oh, thrilled because yeah. this is this is also the opportunity for me to buy a car that I would never otherwise buy. Because, like, the thing is, like, these are cars specifically... It's a different mindset. ...where, like, people pay money on bring a trailer because somebody else did the work of sourcing them. Sure. Yeah. Like, they exist in terrible condition. That's the thing. Oh, it's a great car if you can find one. Yeah, find it. And that last part of the sentence. And that's why bring a trailer listen. Because it's like, okay, cool, find it. Like, I know somebody will buy this. There is somebody 
with a Buick like Grand National that would love a like a Buick Century or Buick Saber T type. Yeah. To put next to it. To be like, haha, look at my front wheel drive Buick T type. To put next to my it's actually got the cool same car. steering wheel cap on it. Uh, and yeah. black trim. Yeah. Actually they gave it a really sick body kit. The T type the T-Type is arguably cooler the, the, than the Grand National. The, well, the, no, I'm talking about the T-Type with Sabres. I understand. Yeah, but. the T-Type with Sabres look really, really, really cool. But yeah, so I'm vaguely in the market. If I don't find it, I don't find it. I'll just work my ass off at work. But um, yeah, if I could turn like three grand into six, that would help pay for the wedding a whole lot. Plus, and then you get to experience a car that you wouldn't otherwise buy. Yeah, no, this is a perfect, a perfect time to be searching for like something that i can turn some money and turn into some money and then like i don't feel bad about it because it's also like these are cars where if i somebody actually loves them doesn't buy them some dipshit like meth head's gonna buy it and ruin it so that's oh yeah that's why i'm kind of looking for specifically these like this is gonna be a front wheel drive 80s 90s cars yeah um, one that's probably been off the road for a while too. Yeah, I mean, minimum amount of maintenance needed would be ideal. But right. I can, I'm willing to throw some tires on it and throw in a battery. And that's and the like thing. That's why you're shopping for that car. It yeah. needs an oil change, a battery, maybe like some filters. If it's like, like, gram, so, like Grandma Croak during the pandemic, and we've had her car floating, like, dude, I will help you. Yeah, I will give you your three grand for Grandma's car. You will get three grand for a yep. car that you will know that Grandma's car is going to live. You're going to find this in a townhome tucked under a garage yep. in Blaine. Yeah, no, it's like Grandma's car is going to like it's going to live on. It's not going to be like beaten into the ground. Somebody's going to really love it. Whoever buys this is going to adore the damn thing. Yeah, <laughs> they're so that, seeking it out, and that's kind of why I want to like <laughs> look for something like this because it's like also like. There's like I would say like I want like a A body rear wheel drive Century with a three uh, three oh five, but that's a problem. I don't think I could sell that if I, I can found hear it. Hear the wheeze. Oh no! I put like, a big like I put like dual exhaust like Flowmasters on it, and, like a Harry Cam and like an actual intake, carb. Man. Yeah, yeah. No, that's actually Cam more than intake because I've okay. watched I've that. watched people bolt on it an L Rock like. 600 and it those. still sounds like oh. it does nothing because <laughs> the fucking valves don't open <laughs> it's because well, like, well, it's the overlap isn't it for the that, emissions yeah, shit to try yeah. to reduce the pumping loss yeah it's you have like no overlap no opening no it just basically it is a the least efficient 305 you've ever seen in your life Ooh, but it just barely squeaks past emissions and you know what Barely is good enough, and yeah. it probably has a converter on it underneath the size of a moon. Uh, there, there is somebody on cr- that like is on crank oh, right here right now that would love that thing. Oh yeah. my god, those old palladium converters—they're yeah. worth so much money. Yeah, no, I'd probably pay for the car. It definitely, would. <laughs> but it's a, of course a federal offense to take one off. We would never do that. No, but I would put on a more efficient one. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, on that bombshell. Thanks everyone for we'll listening. See we'll Bye-bye. see you next time.